strangers and residents of Angel Grove, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club Late Night Edition. <laughs> unexpected, unexpected re-recording edition. <laughs> unexpected late night text message edition. <laughs> Grab had to like panic text me. We did a we did an episode. The the original version of this episode featured Andrea, good friend of the from pod. above it all. If if y'all know that show, friend of the show, someone that you know we were excited to have on, and then the audio got completely fucked, and we didn't even discover that this was this bad until the last minute. So now we have to do it again. Shift into turbo, take two. <laughs> Yay! I'm so excited. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't even want to record this the first time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, dude, this sucks. First of all, before Don't... we even get started, I will say Andrea's YouTube channel, channel, uh, Cyberdemon Five Three One. She does her hit series Above It All, where she does political takes, obviously from the left, going over like refuting the right on a bunch of you know, talking points that are going through pop culture and media today. Um, yeah. And she also speed runs as well. So definitely check out her YouTube channel and check out her series Above It All. <laughs> and we're going to shift it to gears for Power <laughs> Rangers Turbo. This, no. this amazing <laughs> three-parter arc that we panicked recorded for the second time yay all right fuck me fuck let's me. get I... into it so coming off the don't power... be surprised if this is not our longest episode ever i'm throwing that out there right now <laughs> no no just save your anger for the season in review just save it for the season in review see that's the problem normally when i do these first of episodes I'm like watching the season, but I haven't seen it all yet. But this time now, because of this fucked up recording, I've seen everything. It's really hard for me to just objectively talk about the beginning, knowing how I feel about the season as a whole. But I'm going to do my best. <laughs> yes, yes. So just like men in black, wipe yourself all the way back to shift into turbo, where all you know is this three part arc and a movie. Yes, and a movie. <laughs> Speaking of, I was more positive on the movie than you were. And we go into this Shift into Turbo series with episode one where Divatox gives a rallying cry to try and conquer the Earth and get rid of the Power Rangers. And you might notice the actress has changed. And this is because the original actress uh, went on maternity leave. She was pregnant, yep. so while that was going on, half the season is played by Carol Hoyt, who is playing Divatox. She has her own interpretation of the character. It's, in my opinion, really good, but here, it's pretty awesome. I will say they also did a bit of a costume change for network television. Uh, <laughs> there's less sex appeal in the TV show version of Divatox's outfit than the, the movie version, I guess, for obvious reasons. And, uh, it's still it's still a little bit on the something side, but it's definitely been toned down a tiny bit. <laughs> yes. And I will say though, Carol Hoyt playing Divatox is oof makes me all hot and sweaty. She is a dommy mommy. 
That's exactly <laughs> what she plays uh, in the first half of Turbo, and it comes across right off the gate. Yeah, um, and and she's just she's just really worked up. Uh, it just basically leaves off more or less from where the movie left us. So Divatox is mad at the Power Rangers. They ruined her plan to marry Malagor the demon. The demon um, that and, had uh, no personality or threat of consciousness outside of destroy everything. No. Yeah, it seemed like almost even like an abusive. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like a she's problematic trying to, marriage. She's, she's trying to marry like an invalid or something. Like Malagor did not seem to be able to communicate uh, with everyone else around them. Very strange. Very weird. Just very weird. Anyway, Divatox is like, uh, we got to get the Power Rangers. She names the lieutenants from the movie as her lieutenants. Big, big shocking revelation there. And then they head off for Earth in the submarine spaceship thing. Meanwhile, in Angel Grove, the Power Rangers are mostly getting ready to graduate, except for Tommy, who graduated at some point. It's unclear when. Yeah, that <laughs> it's kind of like sort of implied that he graduated off screen because they wanted him to just be a professional race car driver. Tommy's one of those guys who's like his hobby has to improve his job prospects, right? <laughs> so like his hobby was martial arts. And so he wanted to be a professional uh, mixed martial arts fighter, which the actor actually did. And so, you know, his hobby was martial arts. And so right. he kind of, you know. It fed into each other, right? It was a symbiotic relationship. Ah, you know, I train, cla I do classes at like the the youth center for martial arts. Right. This will help me improve. So now Tommy's like, well, my main job is being a Power Rangers. I have no source of income. I can't go to college because there's no way I'll keep up with my studies while also being a Power Ranger. So let me be a professional race car driver because I still get the thrill of death. I think Tommy leaning into being more of a thrill seeker does actually make sense. Probably the only character development he goes through in the season, but I digress. Yes, in the this opening three-part arc, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's understandable. Uh, the rest of the gang is preparing for graduation, and Rocky kind of details that he's okay with letting his power be held by a 12-year-old. Yes, mysteriously rocky is fine with this it's not a temporary situation which again that would have been yet another explanation that would have helped to just make this all feel better if justin was just like a thing for the movie like oh rocky hurt himself we need a temporary blue ranger and for the season because of the weird circumstance it, we ha it has to be this 12 year old kid and it's just for the film and then they could have come back at the beginning here and rocky could have been like okay give me my fucking powers back you 12 year old and <laughs> it would have been fine. <laughs> yeah, this was so weird. Because Rocky's excuse, right, was like, ah, you know, like, I just want to continue on with my life and open up a dojo for martial arts. But this goes counter to the movie, which is that Rocky sucked. Tommy and Adam had to pick up the slack and Rocky hurt himself by overexerting himself doing some sort of kick. Yeah, And now he's all like, yeah, so I'm going to save face by opening my own dojo. Also, it doesn't make sense. I mean, it just doesn't make sense on any level, really. Because, like, uh, Rocky also seems kind of bummed out in the film. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, he's, it like he's like, oh, I don't, I don't want to lose my powers, but I'm in this situation. 
And so, like, just following on the emotions that we've seen in the the movie, it's like, I don't know, you just kind of expect Rocky to be like, yes, give me my powers back. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And the crazy thing is, is that I think the reason why they did this is because it's easy to write, because the real-life actor went to go do that. He opened up a dojo in Los Angeles. Yes. And Which, respect the grift, you know. Yeah, respect the grift for the worst ranger. <laughs> <laughs> like, cool. Uh, so that was this is actually like his last appearance, pretty much. Like, I think he makes like one or two more cameo appearances, but I think this is it for him. So yeah, yeah this is this is Rocky's exit, and we just have to deal with a twelve-year-old wielding extraordinary powers with responsibility and hanging out with a bunch of high schoolers who are now graduating into college. No problems there. It's, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just, this is fucked. It's not the absolute worst season intro in terms of total content necessarily, but it leaves this, the shift into turbo just leaves this taste in your mouth. Because all of these elements that you're seeing on the screen, it's like you know that they're going to lead to just dumb and terrible things. Yeah, just on the onset, you just know that Justin's plotline is going to be isolated from the rest of the show. Because his experience is going to be wildly different from the rest of the Rangers' experiences. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's dumb too because... It, well, I mean, it makes a little more sense after they transfer the powers, I guess. But it, it, for the first, for this beginning, which, you know, is all we have right now in this episode of the show, all we have is this beginning. It doesn't make any sense because this whole, there's this plot that's going on in this three-parter where Justin is taking a placement test because he hasn't been in school in a while, which, by the way, really dark vibes. Like... The the whole Justin plotline really like implies a a much heavier universe than like anything that has really come before. Yeah, because Justin's an orphan whose orphanage was going to get shut down unless the Power Rangers were able to organize money, which inherently makes the series way more capitalistic than previous seasons, right? Because it's supposed to be a utopian world, so why would the Rangers need to do that? Really distressing and like even kind of contradicts some of the things that they've sort of stated before about the economy and homelessness uh, within the world of the Power Rangers. I think it kind of goes to like show that. that Turbo was a mistake <laughs> because, yeah. they made, because they made that movie canon, right? Because if the movie was non-canon, we wouldn't have that, that sort of idea. Though you could just like discredit the movie anyways and just go off of this clip show that yeah, we get treated to this a... episode. But also, even if you just go off of the plots here, again, like I said, like the implication is that Justin has not been in school for years because of his homelessness. I like, guess you're right. That's fucked up. Yeah, I think you are. I think you are right, because I think Tanya is like re feeling really bummed out that Justin might not actually pass this test. Yeah, they're worried that Justin may not may not do well on the test. Yeah, but you're never it's never really implied that Justin's intellect wasn't good in the first place. Right. Because. Why would Zordon pick him as a ranger then? There's a lot that doesn't make sense here. Like, do you really <laughs> think that Zordon would pick a dumbass? 
Um, but anyway, so Justin ends up <laughs> getting placed into high school. I'm just going to skip around a little because this is just nonsense anyway. I'm not going to try to make sense of all of it. Justin gets placed into high school, which like, again, this doesn't make any sense. The rest of the Rangers are graduating, but they're inserting like they're not even managing to keep these characters together. You know what I mean? Like, why yeah, would you I intentionally didn't... split them further like that? You know, my third eye is opening right now. And I didn't realize the first time around that we recorded this episode just by Justin existing. He, like, yeah. completely changes the entire nature of the show from something that was, like, way more wholesome into something that just completely jumped the shark. And it's funny because they're introducing a child character. You would think it would make the show more wholesome. You know what I mean? Like, you would think that they would be, like, leaning in that direction with the introduction of a character like this. Yeah, I guess like we could talk about it a bit now, but he should have been he should have been a Billy character. Yeah, this is okay. He should have been tech well, support. Let's let's hold off on that for just a second to describe a little bit more of the beginning because basically, so Diva Talks heads to Earth. The Rangers are graduating, except for Tommy, who apparently has already graduated and is a, a race car driver and is just driving a car for most of this three parter. Bulk and Skull are like not doing well as police or something and they are like ticketing cars except they're in an empty lot and while all this is going on uh the rangers have like a moment where they flash back to the film and i just want to highlight this in particular because this flashback doesn't make any sense at all this is like the most confusing ridiculously like bizarre flashback we've been treated to the cinematography in this show is really hard. Like, if you're under any sort of influence, like, I talked about this in Zio, right? Where I was like, Zio can be, like, really hard to decipher what's going on without really thinking things through because it infers that you know previous seasons and can pull that knowledge at a glance. This season, it's inferred that you're just going to say, yeah, right, of course, to everything that they do on screen. So even when they bring up this clip show, I'm like, wait, what's going on right now? Like and we watch the movie. We know what happens in the movie. Yeah, like even the way <laughs> they, they cut the, the clip show for it, they show unnecessary things that didn't matter, right? Like the boat scene, for example, right. sailing across or like all this other stuff. And I think it's just like a highlights reel of the movie. It's not in but order either. Yeah, but it's not coherent. Yeah, it's not even in order because like they show like the the Tommy and Cat in the jungle. Do you think thing that they almost like, last? Do you think that they premiered the movie and then like a couple weeks later premiered the TV show while the movie was still in theaters as like a two for one deal? Like, hey, you watch the movie now, watch the show or this Saturday morning at nine a.m. I don't know. It feels to me like, and that's why that they didn't spoil the movie necessarily outright. Yeah, if if it's, it felt to me like they didn't want to spoil the movie, I definitely agree with that. Okay, like that's that was like the vibe it was like they didn't want they wanted you to go actually see the movie. <laughs> we get treated to just uh, I don't know, man. Like the bulk and skull <laughs> plot line is just weird because they're kind of sort of cops, but also kind of sort of just bodyguards. Like, it's not really clear why they're they're standing around in certain areas until the very end, right? Like, the end of Shift into Turbo Part 1 has Bulk and Skull guarding this electric plant. As Divatox lands on Earth into a lake that Bulk and Skull were supposed to be monitoring, it's kind of just like, ah, yes, 
circumstances led to Bulk and Skull being relevant to the plot. Yeah. Which Versus, is still better than... It's better than it being completely isolated. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> it, it helps Bulk and Skull's plotline for at least this part of the season. Because Bulk and Skull then, who are thought to be crazies, Detective Stone, who I guess is Lieutenant Stone again? Maybe? Kind of? Sort of? Anyways... He, What's weird is this whole season they credit him as Lieutenant Stone, even though the police are clearly abolished yeah. um, at by the end of this three-parter. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of sort of seemed like maybe there is police officers, but they kind of serve as like a a surveillance role. Yeah, it's it's like they're security guards. Yeah, and so Bulk and Skull, they'd get assigned after seeing Divatox's ship land into the lake. Uh, they're thought to be crazy, and so they get like a one last chance type of scenario where they have to surveil this electric plant. And Divatox's minion, Elgar, is there. Yeah. He turns Bulk and Skull into monkeys? <laughs> Elgar shoots them with a, a changer laser. This is persistent. This is an actual persistent plotline. This is not a self contained thing. So. Bulket Skull no. are just now monkeys. For like the first third of the season or something. Yeah. And Justin goes off on his own to yes. go see the disturbance that Elgar and, has and created. Alpha. Well, actually, wait, we can't even talk about Alpha yet. Yeah, because it's not. Because we forgot. We forgot something important. It's not Alpha 5 anymore. No, that isn't. That happens at the end of this arc, right? With Demetria, it's still Alpha right? Five. It's oh, still, it's still Alpha Five at the very beginning. That's I know right. what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I trust I'm, me. I know what you're the talking about. Of events here is confusing as shit. All right, I'm doing my best. You're fine. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah. So Alpha, Alpha specifically tells Justin. I remember this very clearly. Specifically tells Justin to like radio base if there's trouble. Yeah. Justin's 12 years old! <laughs> and instead, Justin just sees Elgar and is like, I'm gonna fight him. Which initially, well, no, I mean, initially he's actually hiding. From, it's even funnier than that because initially Justin's hiding from Elgar, sort of implying like he doesn't want to get caught. He wants to like observe and report back maybe something reasonable. Elgar but discovers instead, him. Yeah, Bulk and Skull like give his location away basically. And then Elgar spots him. And what does Justin do? He just throws down. This fucking 12-year-old kid just throws down, starts fighting, and doesn't, like, tell anybody what's going on. He just starts fighting. And this is where, like, the, the Justin should have been Billy thing comes back around. Because Dude, if the Justin... Minute, the minute that we start comparing Justin's power level to Tommy as a Green Ranger who's, like, Fuck. a mixed martial arts master... And is like pretty much the only one who is able to take on Goldar. And we start going, oh, Justin's actually able to take on the equivalent character of Rito one on one. Yeah. Competently. Brand too. new, brand new Ranger. This isn't even consistent with like things that we've seen before because every Power Ranger has had to like get good, basically. Yeah. Except for Justin. So no. like this, this, this is the twelve-year-old doesn't need to go through the adjustment to having powers that everyone else did. That's supposed to make fucking sense. Like, what the hell? 
Really? Seriously? What the hell? Justin is literally just like throwing down hardcore with Elgar. No problem. No one else has, no other ranger has ever been like this except Tommy. So immediately you're like inviting these comparisons like that? No, this is stupid as shit. Fucking so bad. Justin is the worst. And again, like if, just make it so that Justin is the tech character. Yeah. Which makes sense because they, they make him very smart by the end of this three-parter anyway. They establish he's very intelligent. Just make Justin the tech character and just have him be like the way Billy was in season one, where it was like the other four characters like no martial arts and are extremely athletic. And then they have this other friend that became a Power Ranger that's not athletic and literally took his first martial arts class the day of becoming a Power Ranger. <laughs> like, like, put Justin in that position. Make him season one Billy, where he's like doing his best to be like to not let the team down as a fighter but realistically that's not what he can really contribute yeah i i don't know man (laughs) the rest of the rangers come on the scene they go to help fight off elgar elgar retreats but there's a bomb that's planted at the electric plant i just want to be 100 percent clear The, the rest of the rangers show up because they become concerned that no one has heard from justin um, and they're all graduating. He was supposed to be there, like cheering them on. So again, Justin was supposed to report if there was a problem. He does not. And instead, everyone else has to fucking figure it out. Listen, like Kennedy, I know. <laughs> I know there's a lot of plot holes here. It's not even a plot <laughs> hole so much as just like, it's stupid. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Diva talks stalls the rangers with some piranatrons to try to keep them from catching up to justin and the bomb and uh so the power rangers end up kind of split up as like cat and tanya go to meet justin and adam is keeping the minions busy and everyone's trying to figure out uh where tommy is it's just like everyone's scattered everything's like just fucking weird finally like the team all managed to arrive at the energy center beat up the piranatrons and then it's like, okay, we have to figure out why Elgar was here. And this facility is really large. So this is like the next plot point of this <laughs> three-parter is that they have to wander around a large facility. <laughs> Yay. I love it. It's so really good. exciting. It's a really riveting story, Kennedy. <laughs> Did I ever mention that I love starting the beginning of a season with a graduation? plotline did i ever mention that did i ever mention how much (laughs) graduation plotlines are so poggy that they should start a season of a show a kids action television show with a graduation (laughs) plotline did i ever tell you that they couldn't wait for the next three-parter or two-parter it's boring They, they couldn't they couldn't just combine graduation with passing the torch which would actually make sense yes all right, sorry. Let, sorry, shift it to turbo. Shift it to turbo. Shift, shift it to turbo. turbo. We uh, get treated uh, to some boring Sentai footage and boring slice of life footage. It's a weird mishmash of the two. The bomb plot line, the way it was filmed when they did it in the energy center, as the timer was running out, they did do a good job of like introducing dread. Right, like the possibility that yeah. it could explode 
And it's very well possible that Power Rangers would have done something like that. So, like, many shows, I'm going to give credit where credit's due. Many shows will be like, <laughs> just kidding, the good people come in and save the day, of course, because it's a Kiv show, right, at the end of the day. Yeah. But no, yeah. like, there's been, like, successful attacks against the Power Rangers where things haven't ended well, especially in the middle of a two-parter. But yeah. uh, I digress. The The fight scenes aren't too bad. It's just more or less, like, it's really drug out throughout the entire episode of part two. It's one of those, like, this should have been a two-parter instead of a three-parter, and it would have been more concise and tight. Do you even agree that there should have been a clip show as to what happened in Turbo or just roll with it as if the audience knows? Because you have probably to watch just, the movie anyways. Probably just roll with it as if the audience knows. I just want to say this too. I don't even think making this shorter would just blanket fix it the way it would have fixed like a Ninja Quest, which would have been literally just better if it was just shorter, period, with no other changes at all other than just cutting chaff. This is like, you could cut all the chaff, and it still wouldn't make sense. Like, I would drop the graduation plot line. I would... You have to just, like, rewrite this. Yeah, it does need a complete rewrite, because my my go-to changes is drop all Justin scenes, all Justin subplots, <laughs> and... If, if you drop all the problems with this episode, there's nothing left. Yeah, you literally have, like, <laughs> Diva Tox's rallying cry, landing on Earth... Vulcan Skull was fine. And then instead Vulcan of Skull being turned into monkeys is fine. And then instead of, instead of having Justin fight against Elgar, the Rangers fight against Elgar. And then Elgar retreats with the bomb at the end Just of the Just have plan. Tommy show up first. He's also separated from the group. Yes, Tommy's Tommy's <laughs> subplot is completely <laughs> isolated as well. This like I, I don't know why they did it like this. It's so fucked. <laughs> It's if so you fucked. need a character that's currently separated from the group to be the first to encounter Elgar and to encounter him alone, just have it be Tommy. So simple. Anyway, um, yeah, there's like there's like nothing to save here is what I'm getting at. So they yes. look around, they find a bomb, they go back to their graduation, um, Kat gives a speech, the Rangers discuss their plans for the future. Things are hopeful, um, things are looking up, and then Justin's like, yeah, guys, everything's going to turn out for the best. Which I just want to touch, I, really quickly, I want to touch on some of their, like, dreams, because, like, Adam wants to be a stuntman. Makes sense. That's And Tanya wants to be a DJ. None of these make zero sense. Yeah. They, I, it's, a, it's, 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 it's fine. Yeah, they do fit yeah. some of the characters. This is one of the only scenes that makes sense. That's, I'm just trying to draw attention to that. Um. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Lieutenant Stone is busy taking care of Bulk and Skull. We're As now monkeys. monkeys. Yes. Because he's like, oh, I found these monkeys, and somehow they seem familiar to me. Yes, because I could just casually have pet monkeys and bring them into the youth center where people eat food. Apparently, like, the laws surrounding service animals in Angel Grove are very, <laughs> very lax. and You can have domesticated monkeys, apparently. <laughs> Very new to the United States. That's that's. This uh, is part of what's weird too is that this is a three-parter, except that it's actually a two-parter, and then there's a third part. Isn't that how it feels? Yeah. Because everything that starts in part one has pretty much resolved at the end of part two. Yes, actually, you're right. Except for I think one of the only things that we don't know yet is Justin's like test score. Part two ends with the cliffhanger 
that talks about Zordon and Alpha 5 needing a wormhole that's active to go somewhere. And yeah. they bring on the worst character from the movie. Larigo. Also, Alpha 5's Thunderbolt changed to the Lost Prologue Thunderbolt, and I hate it. It's not, it's not an improvement. It's not an improvement. It almost looks like a sex icon. <laughs> it looks very, like, sexual in nature. It's a very fat lightning bolt. It's a big it's old donger. It's a donor. weird shape. It's a huge dong, dude. <laughs> He's got a giant penis in his chest. So, so yeah, so part two ends with, like, most everything is Come resolved. Level five. The Rangers graduated. They stopped Diva Tox's initial plot. They know she's back. And, yeah, like, basically, Larigo shows up, and um, Zordon's like, we need this wormhole, and he's being a little vague about it. And Diva Tox is like, ah, I should fuck with this wormhole. And so it's like, the next part vaguely connects, but it's like, th these things are not well connected as, like, a three-parter. They could have done so much. To, to just make it's this actually, opening good. I think it's just really hard to imagine something worse. Like, I, I can imagine, like, so many things that would have been better. It's actually very hard to imagine something, like, that just would have actually let me down more than this or made me feel more disappointed than this. I know exactly <laughs> what would have made it much worse, and I'll give you the horrific alternate timeline of this. But Larigo only, is the Red Ranger. I will only do it. No, I'm going to make it super possible, like within the realm of possibility for you. So let's go ahead and, and go over Shift It to Turbo Part 3. So so it begins with uh, everybody's just hanging out. We find out that Justin is in high school. Yeah! Um, he's, he's, he scored incredibly high on all of the tests, and he's a high schooler now. And again, I know I already talked about this, but... They just graduated the other Rangers, and now they're going to make a point of making the 12-year-old a high schooler. Very he stupid decisions. could have been a normal decisions. middle schooler. Very stupid decisions. They could have just been like, hey, good news. Justin's going to start the eighth grade this year. He actually didn't fall behind at all. He's doing great. Everyone goes, yay, right? Like, it would have just been like that small of a change would have just made it, like, not stupid as shit. Anyway, the Rangers show up to the command center and they find Larigo and Alpha's <laughs> crying. That's <laughs> I feel like you're getting progressively more upset and you're just hiding it behind your laughs. I'm trying so hard to keep it together. I don't want to finish this episode. You don't understand. You out there <laughs> listening, you don't understand. I didn't want to record this the first time. I don't want to talk about this a second time. This is horrible. I'm really mad that we lost the recording like and that we have to fucking even just go over this nonsense again. I feel like I'm caught in some kind of fucking bizarro time warp situation. Like, I hate this. Anyway. Um, yes! No, I'm... <laughs> See, I'm Kennedy. I'm Kennedy. I'm laughing. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> that was my Diva Talks uh, impression. Yes, Rangers! <laughs> Alpha's crying. And Zordon tells the Rangers that Larigo has come to uh, send Zordon and Alpha home to Eltar and that they, they want to go home, which actually does help to explain why Zordon has seemed completely fucking checked out <laughs> for a while. Yeah, my man's going through a depression and doesn't want to talk to anybody about it. Yeah, it's like he's got the he's got the black profile pick, the solid black. You know, 
nobody, <laughs> nobody, banner. Woke, nobody woke scolded him into going into therapy. Uh, <laughs> um, Zordon's DMs are closed. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a locked profile account. <laughs> Has the uh, manga, the the picture of that manga. Bio is just, I'm going through some stuff right now. Display name, pain. (laughs) (laughs) Which, like, honestly, I'm I'm just going to have to give the credit where I can in this three-parter because there's so little to appreciate. Um, Although, like, Larigo sucks and a lot of the trappings of this thing sucks. uh, I do, I really actually do appreciate, like, this sort of making sense of things because Zordon has really seemed like he did not care anymore. And now it's like, Oh, Zordon didn't care anymore. He wanted to go home. (laughs) Yeah. I hate this. Larigo's the worst (laughs) character from the movie. (sighs) And you would think he's the worst character in this, in this opening arc, but no, he's not. Surprise, (laughs) surprise. The the worst character in the in the Turbo movie isn't the worst character in the opening arc. A character who you would think is like strictly movie exclusive too. Like you're like no way they would put that in a television show. They're they never bringing Larigo back. That's yeah. some that's some yeah, that's some dumbass fucking film shit. Nope. They did it. They sure did. And what's weird too is that it's not even consistent. Because in the movie, Larigo just growls. He doesn't, he doesn't like vocalize words. He just goes, like, just makes these like sounds. <laughs> but, but in the show, Larigo talks now, except he talks in his like weird growly voice. So it's just like this horrifying, bad, like Yoda a really. Impression distressing bad Yoda type thing. And he's just like, Oh, I'm lyrical. Got to save Zordon. Blah, blah, blah. What You're if, just like, what the fuck? What if Frieza, <laughs> what if Frieza and Yoda did a transformation sequence, but their fingers slipped at the end? It's like when there's like 50 episodes of Star Trek that revolve around just like a transporter, like mutating you together with like a plant or something. It's like one of those situations. (laughs) (laughs) And their DNA is just all scrambled together in this like horrifying mishmash. Imagine being an (laughs) accidental wizard, right? It's like you're like a primitive life form from like 50 million BC era. And. You're you're just somehow obtain magic powers through the eye of the cosmos, and you're like blessed with existential life, <laughs> where you can think and ponder things, but you also can't express yourself really well. <laughs> and lo and behold, you're gifted the power of holding a key to a prison that can destroy Earth. Imagine being that guy and just having a happy-go-lucky lifestyle. Who then finds a wife, by the way, like finds a wife. Maybe he's the himbo of his planet. He's the himbo wizard of his planet and finds a wife, has a kid, is living the good life. Then all of a sudden, the, the cosmos giveth and the cosmos taketh away and introduces Divatox into his life, adding all that stress. Larigo also, like, let's not forget in the movie, just literally gets a little too much sunshine in his eyes and gets sleepy and gets wandered away by some monkeys. 
The ultimate power rests in the hands of something that incompetent. <laughs> All um, right. Divatox launches an assault against the Ragers. Amphibator. It's a monster named Amphibator. Yes, and the Ragers <laughs> suit up and they get into their Turbozor to take him out. I will say Amphibator, very cool costume. I like it. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. He has those, like, teethy shoulder pads. Yeah, it's very, like, it's like a cartoon demon frog. Yes. Almost Disney-like. Like, what if, like, they did Disney horrorcore? <laughs> I like I, it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. It. I agree, I agree. I like it a lot. They end up destroying the Amphibitar and also destroying the inhibitor that was yeah. preventing Zordon and Alpha from going home. And so we kind of get treated to a the I gotta say the Turbo Zord scene I like it a lot I'm I'm gonna say it again I really like the the Turbo Zord charge thing. I'll say this too I even liked the like pre Turbo Zord kind of like fleet of vehicles fighting kind of stuff that was going on. It was like a very like kidsy Mad Max vibe. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> was cool actually. Yeah. Um, but that's all credit to the Sentai show. Yeah. Like, that's this is literally, like, the, uh, all credit to them because, like, what's cool is this action sequence lifted from another show, and it really has nothing to do with anything that the Americans thought up. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And so we get treated to uh, kind of like a, another cast change of sorts where Larago is able to let Zordon... And uh, Alpha 5 through the wormhole back to Eltar. And the Rangers are like, wow, it's time for us to mentor each other. We can build an anarchic commune here at the command center. <laughs> but then Zordon's <laughs> like, nope, you still need a leader character, a great leader. And so we I have... IP the command center autonomous zone. <laughs> yeah, and so we have Gorbachev and this right-hand man, Demetria and Alpha 6 come on the scene. <laughs> To destroy it all. Can I just ask really quick, why does Alpha 5 leave? Maybe Alpha 5 was born on Eltar. But then why does Alpha 6 exist? Just period. Full statement. So Zordon has a manufacturing factory within the command center that can produce alphas as he needs them. And so, and the AI has like RNG code in there, right? It's like, it has like <laughs> random elements of the personality. <laughs> Like, a, it's like, you know what it's riffing off of, actually? I just thought of it. It's riffing off of Doctor Who. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of like that. So Zordon, I, so Alpha 5 was manufactured in Eltar. I hear what you're saying. I just, I feel like it's a little weird that, like, Alpha 5 leaves with Zordon, but then Alpha 6 is there with Demetria. Something about that is just strange. I agree. I think that <laughs> I, this is another one of those I don't understand why they didn't just do why, which is they could have just introduced a completely new side character. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, like, I know that they had hinted at the Alpha 6 thing, and so they were kind of trying to follow up on that. But this would have been, like, they, there's so many plot holes already. This would have been the moment to just insert one more plot hole and say, Demetria comes with her own assistant named Larigo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they would have fucking did that, wouldn't they? <laughs> I just had to say that because that cursed thought entered my brain. But no, but seriously, like, just Demetria comes with her own assistant. 
and it's it's like it's own maybe it's maybe it's still a robot but it's like a different kind of robot maybe it's something else i don't know but it just would have i don't know it would have felt a slightly more natural well the problem with alpha um, 6 as a character is that you have nothing to do but compare it to the previous side character right because it's a direct evolution of that character and what did they do they made alpha 6 a mass hole <laughs> complete with accent and everything it sucks ass, dude. What are you, what are you doing talking about Alpha 6 that way, buddy? You better watch what you say about Alpha 6. That's exactly how he talks. I was trying to... <laughs> I tried to do an impersonation of it yesterday, and I realized I couldn't because the wrong words are being enunciated. Yeah, I had the same problem at first. I kind of feel like I've gotten the hang of it now, but it's like, it's not a... It doesn't sound like... The person doing Alpha 6's accent was taught to do this accent by anyone. Uh, and in fact, doesn't sound like they've even heard the accent they're trying to do before. In fact, I'm not even 100% what accent they're trying to do. Is this like a Italian immigrant living in New Jersey? Is yeah. this a Brooklynite? Yeah. What is this? It's kind of like a hodgepodge between New Jersey, Brooklyn, uh, Long Island, and Boston. It's like this weird mishmash of all four put together because the the S's are very like any sort of S sound is like spit. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. talking of spit. But like that's not like the Brooklyn accent, right? It's not like a northeastern thing kind of sort of I don't know, man. Most supposed to be Brooklyn, but like it's just so bad and like so not on point. Yeah, and Demetria just goes, ooh, want to see a magic trick? Ooh, Demetria is like this. Demetria is like to someone. The plasma tube. <laughs> well, before she does that, Demetria is like someone badly imitating Jesus. Like the Rangers are like the disciples, and they're like, Demetria, it's nice to meet you. Can you please tell us about yourself and what we can expect from here on, and what's going on, and, and just any like, information you first, have that might be useful. Miracles. And and Demetria's like, ah, but who is the one who asks that has the knowledge in their heart? And the Rangers are like, what? That's not a sentence. And Demetria's like, sentences are not you, Rangers. And the Rangers are like, that's not it. That doesn't make sense either. And then Demetria's like, ha ha, I'm in the tube. <laughs> Be not afraid, Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it really was a weird imitation of a Jesus type of character, but also heavy Pete Buttigieg vibes. Yes, yes, very Pete Buttigieg. The heart of American values is as big as the neighborhood of our constitutions type talk. Um. <laughs> the shape of our democracy is the yeah. central issue to all issues. Except like that plus like the Riddler, maybe. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Answer me these questions, three Rangers. Another thing I would what like to mention is too... a Power Ranger. How is a Morphing Grid? Who is a Turbo Zord? <laughs> no, I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. Okay, okay, okay. Pete Buttigieg with the cat from Alice in Wonderland. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, for 100%. Or it's also, it's actually, it's making me think of this uh, sketch 
from the show Comedy Bang Bang, where they they had this character, the Quizzler, who kept asking riddles that just like didn't make sense or were way too obvious or both. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and like the way she delivers her performance as she does these uh, miracles, so to speak, on screen. She acts like she's one of those real-life magicians who do magic tricks right in front of you. You know, with, like, the whole, like, oh, watch me, like, throw up these cards. And you're like, oh, how did they do that? Like, that type of shit. That's exactly her delivery. Yeah. She's, no, okay, it's Pete Buttigieg plus Chris Angel. That's what it is. My <laughs> <brain>. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, can we wrap this up? <laughs> yup. Diva Talks gets really upset at her minions for not being able to destroy the Power Rangers and seeks vengeance. And thus the three-parter ends. What are your final thoughts on Shift into Turbo? Fuck. This is like a two out of ten. Or a one. It's a one. <laughs> Do you want more from me? What do you want me to say? I feel like you're just waiting for me to say more stuff. No. Justin is the worst character. No, you're uh, right. Larago is the worst character. Alpha 6 is the worst character. Demetria is the worst character. Diva Tox's fucking lieutenants suck. Nothing makes sense. There's plot holes everywhere. It's not even a coherent three-parter. It, the only reason it's not a goose egg is because, I, as I mentioned, there were like a couple of like tiny shining moments. And that's it. Okay. So, so when we originally rated this, I think we gave it too much of a of like rosy goggles looking at it, just because if I remember correctly, I gave it like a four, and I, yeah, I think, think I gave it like a three or something. I think or you four. gave it like a three, but then the second time around that we're discussing it. It's just like there's a lot of fucking plot holes and shit and like a lot of times that the the writers ask you to infer the information that's going on on screen without any cause as to why something is happening. And it kind of starts here. It kind of starts right at the beginning of Power Rangers Turbo. So I think I'm going to give it a two and that two is solely because of Diva Talks. Fair. What a fucking disaster. Yeah. I think even knowing what we know right now, it's it's crazy to see just how much trash really needed to be taken out this season. Yeah. <laughs> what a disaster. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is like it's not even the cars that are the problem. We haven't even talked about the cars because it's not that's not even though that's dumb. It's not that big of a deal. It could have been fine, you know? Yeah. Like, I really thought that we would tear more into some of those themes and stuff, but that's not really the problem. Yeah, it, I, I remember saying that the, the cars were lame in terms of, like, the original comparing, like, oh, okay, you could have, like, monster zords and the like, but instead you decided to have cars, right? Like, that's just lame. But the Sentai footage made it good, and the best part about this opening arc is the Sentai footage, but the Sentai footage isn't that great to begin with, especially not with the backdrop of the plot lines that they introduced in this opening arc to mold the Sentai footage into, right? Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. That wasn't really the problem here. I will tell you how they can make this opening arc worse. How? 
more Justin scenes. Sure. They could have introduced Alpha 6 and Demetria earlier. Like, if Zordon started the first five minutes and be like, Rangers, it's now time for me to go home, and so I bid you farewell, and Demetria and Alpha 6 come on the screen, and we had to endure Alpha 6's sassiness and fuckery, along with Demetria, who both don't fucking help at all, who are actually, like, a net negative, they could have made it worse. They could have just been like, Lara goes the new advisor. <laughs> yeah, that too. It... Just just Lara go in the tube all season. That weird face just, ah, wow. No. <laughs> Every, everything that I'm saying right now is within the realm of possibility, Kennedy. <laughs> you say like I'm being too crazy, but I would have never expected them to even bring Larigo out as a Power Rangers character in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned for our best and worst episodes of the season. <laughs> Till next time, Rangers. We'll see you then. Rangers. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.